Assalamualaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Kay Wonder Lamb, and we're going to be talking about her business venture, how she was an educator and made the pivot, uh, which, you know, I'm always about educators making uh, multiple streams of income, though in the past it was sort of thought of it's very secure to be a teacher. We don't live in those days. Not only is our salary not where it needs to be, but due to budget cuts that are happening, some of us are getting those pink slips as well. Uh, so for those who will be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Audible, will you please introduce yourself, Kay Wanda? Hi, y'all. Thanks, Dr. Will, for having me. Well, wow, I have a lot of titles because while I was teaching, 17-year um, Spanish teacher here, I um, became passionate about blogging and writing books for single mothers. And so you may find me at kwandalam.com as the winning single mom. But because I am a Spanish teacher and an entrepreneur, I started Spanish for Small Business and Spanish for Black Girls. So I'm the CEO and founder of both of those. And I love being able to teach women how to, you know, parent, thrive and win, how to make more money manage motherhood and win at life. And I love teaching small business owners the Spanish language so they can connect with their customers, right? And increase their bottom line. And the, in the third brand, I work with ambitious Black women who desire to become bilingual so that they can have more options. And so let's talk about how I just broke down what I do in those three things. That's something when you want to transition to being an entrepreneur, you need to know what is your marketplace title. You need to know what you want to do. And honestly, Dr. Will, all of that came about by me simply using my skills, my gifts, my talent, right? Who I was. I built businesses based off of who I am. And so, <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So I'm always curious as to how people got to where they are. What did you think you'll be doing when you were growing up? And how did you find yourself in education? Let me tell y'all, I never wanted to be a teacher, because I remember, just like you said, they don't pay us right. And I'm from Louisiana. And so um, I remember when I graduated high school, I went to major in business. And so my first degree is in business. And all the while, while I was going through undergrad, some of my favorite teachers became principals. And they were like, you know, we'd go home for the summer and I'd see all my friends and folks and favorite teachers and you know, just enjoying undergrad. And they'd be like, come work for us. I was like, I don't have a teaching degree. I'm in business. No, I'm not coming. And they're like, come work for us. Come teach, come teach business. And so what's so interesting is I graduated and I worked for Chase Home Finance. I worked for them in customer service. I was just looking for like, what's that first entry-level corporate job I can get into? And then how do I move my way up in business? And so what's so funny is while I was working for Chase, they were like, we are about to stop paying these translators all this money per hour, and we want to pay our people who already work for us. So we are going to either hire from within people who are Spanish speaking and train them, or we're going to, you know, they started branching out into Venezuela and Manila. You know, it was like the early 2000s. So this is the beginning of outsourcing for companies when all Americans were having a fit because they couldn't understand the person. And so I went back to school and Chase paid for it. They were paying for tuition back then. And so I had every, you know, intention of working for them and then moving my way up the corporate ladder. And I fell in love with Spanish y'all. And that's how I became a Spanish teacher. I actually taught in Louisiana a semester and um, I moved to Texas shortly after that. And the rest is history. I'm out in Texas. I've taught out here 17 years. And, you know, I've been able to go back to school, get my master's degree. I have a principal certification. I have a almost a master's in teacher leadership because I thought, okay, this is where I want to become a university professor. I want to kind of build my way up, maybe become a 
district coordinator. And then you find out about all the politics that's involved. You know, I've been hustling my, you know, tail off for years to try to get in those positions and, you know, worked in a couple of different school districts. And you're like, what does it have to take? I'm, I, I'm a master teacher. I'm excellent in what I do. I'm the best you got in this department. Why is it so hard for me to get the job? You know, and then somebody who only has three years is getting promoted. And you're just like, what is going on? So if y'all are out there and you're kind of going through that, listen, they tell me it's the name of the game, but I decided that I didn't want to play. I would rather build my own business. And like you said, um, I look at my teacher salary, which out in Texas, you know, it's, it's, you know, a whole lot better. That's why I moved from Louisiana, right? But at the same time, I thought to myself, if I have clients on the side while I'm teaching and they pay me this, if I did this full time, look at what I can make. And so um, I don't recommend you just leaving your job, but I do recommend you start thinking about what are your gifts? What are your skills? What are you good at? Um, find yourself a really good coach um, that can teach you about how to do things and then start doing things on the side. You know, um, there are plenty, plenty of teachers who do consulting and, um, you know, if you can get that gig, get it. Sorry for the long story. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. That's all right. So I want to ask you now about you made that pivot, but you took your time with it. You, you weren't just like, y'all getting on my nerves. I'm out of here. Oh, no. Okay? I had you, kids. <laughs> you, gave, you gave yourself some time to work on this business oh, while you were getting there. What was going through your mind at the time that you decided, okay, it's time for me to go, but I need to put these things in place before I actually left? Yes. And it wasn't even that because I've always been educating myself the whole entire way. I'm always curious. Remember, I started blogging back in 2013. So now I'm in this online world of seeing what online entrepreneurs are doing, how they're making, you know, all this money. And I'm trying to figure out how to do it. So I started blogging, writing books and helping people, you know, with, like I said, you know, single parenting, which was, you know, really something I feel like God, you know, has given me to do, you know, more like purpose. And, um, you know, but back to the Spanish, when I realized like, this is the brand that will pay me, um, I knew that I needed to find customers, figure out how I was going to continue to find customers, what my process was going to be. And then yes, you know, with the family, you don't just quit and not have, um, you know, savings and you don't just quit and not know if you're going to have insurance or coverage. And I started looking around for all of that stuff. Um, but I will tell you that, um, I actually left in 2018. I left a school district I was at. I had this principal that was, you know, he was racist. I'm just going to say it, you know, they never think they are, but it was just so, he was picking on me and I was just so tired of it. And I was like, this, this is God. I've already felt it in my spirit. God's been telling me it's time to leave. But sometimes let me tell y'all gotta be like, this is not where you're supposed to be, but he mean like in three years, <laughs> you can leave. <laughs> so sometimes you got to labor on that thing. Um, I know, um, um, everybody may not be a Christian, but person of faith, whatever you believe in, you got to labor on that thing. Right. And so um, I left and I was all excited and I had some speaking engagements and things lined up. And I was like, I'm going to go all in and this is going to be amazing. And one of my friends called me later that year and she was like, we need a teacher at this school, a tough school in the inner city. And so here I am feeling bad. Oh, savior, you know, master teacher. I'm going to go, you know, help these kids in the inner city. That was the roughest year of my life. And I was like, why did I do this God? What happened? And so um, what I'm saying is I like to pray before I make moves. I didn't pray about that move. And I, I, I know that I was able to make an impact, but it was a very tough year that involved a lot of, you know, long commuting and dealing with people that looked like me who I thought would have treated me better. You know what I mean? And so um, you live and you learn. So I was like, okay, God, what was that experience about? So after that, I was like, I'm out, you know, it was 2019, 2020. So I'm out full time. I, I um, even tapped out my teacher retirement, y'all. This is how much of an entrepreneur I am. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna take this, flip it and just gone on. And I'm not gonna wait on 20 more years to get a check from y'all. So y'all could say, well, you had social security and you had teacher retirement. We just going to send you this every month. I was like, let me just go on. on. And so I don't recommend you doing that <laughs> unless it's something you want to do. But I'm going to be honest. And that's what I did. So I had already some savings. And then I was like, I'm going to tap this out. And so the government likes to get their little cut, too. So be clear, they're going to take a good 10, 20 percent of your money from somewhere. 
And so, um, you know, I say all of that to say that I had two starts, right? And so then the pandemic happened. So I'm out, I'm having a great time. I'm able to, you know, enjoy my last child's senior year. I'm going to games, I'm building my business, I'm getting clients, I'm showing up, I'm, you know, putting the foundation. There's a lot of work you have to do when you become an entrepreneur, building your systems, building your product, you know, all of that stuff, right? And so, um, you know, then the pandemic happened and I was like, okay, God, we're going we're gonna to go through this. You know, I was blessed to get clients in the pandemic, but things I had lined up with like corporate sponsorships and, you know, corporate clients, all of that dried up because the world didn't know what was going to happen. So I ended up going back and um, taking a teaching position in, uh, so 2020, 2021, I taught in the pandemic. And I was like, okay, God, here I am. I have clients, I have customers. I'm still, you know, we're still thriving in the pandemic. Should I go and get this teaching job? You know, what's the answer? And um, every, all my friends were like, girl, why, why not do both? You, you're able to do both. When I went back, it was one of the best teaching years I've ever had. It was a great school, great team. Um, I made more money, obviously, because I have that many years of experience and I have a master's in Spanish lit. And, um, you know, it was just a good time, right? And it was right close to home. I didn't have to commute into the inner city an hour and a half, two hours away. And um, I was like, wow, this is really nice. But I still knew this isn't where I'm supposed to be. I knew it wasn't. And I remember at the end of the school year, I looked at my new team and staff and I was just like, I really like y'all, you know, and I really like the students. And it was, a, it was, I still had a lot of kids. I had like 200 students almost. And um, you know how, how they do. I looked at the other people who didn't look like me and their class sizes were smaller. A lot of them had virtual and a small amount of in-person. I had all the in-person kids. So you know how they do us. I'm just going to go on and put it out there. I was like, so y'all were really glad when I took this position because it seems like I have all the in-person kids and then nobody else had all of that. So um, I saved their behind basically, right? And so, um, you know, when the time came for the summer, I thought, oh, I'll go back. I'm going to go back. You know, it's great to have multiple streams of income coming in. And um, I ended up getting two big clients and I was like, there's no way I can teach and service these two clients. So I had to make the decision to, you know, let the principal know I wasn't coming back and they weren't happy about it. And that's okay because I get to, you know, live my life. I said, and honestly, I don't know about just the way that Texas is and how you guys are doing things with them not having to wear a mask and we're still in a pandemic. And this was the beginning of last year, not like where we are now, where things have eased up some. And so, you know, sorry to, you know, go into that whole story, but that's the truth, Ruth. So I want, if your um, listeners listen to me to not think, oh, you know, she left and it was just all, you know, roses and, you know, chocolate and rose colored glasses. Like when you bet on yourself, you have to really bet on yourself. So don't leave if you still need that safety net, if you still need to know that a solid paycheck is coming in. And I totally encourage you to start building and doing entrepreneurial activities on the side. And then when that thing pops, that's when you know to leave. But I just, I had some situations where I just was frustrated and I felt like God was saying if, cause I'm a speaker too, I love speaking, I love teaching. And um, I had some international clients and I was like, oh, I'm about to be international. I can't be in four walls you know, and then pandemic. <laughs> so anyway, I've been working a lot of years, y'all, building up to the confidence to speak, to teach, to, you know, be the go-to person when people are looking for women to encourage single mothers, when, you know, churches want someone to come out and talk to, you know, the single moms in, in, in you know, the congregation, they call on me because they know I'm a Christian. They know I love the Lord. And, and also my brand, um, when you go and you look, you know, I'm always talking, I'm gonna say the same things, you know what I mean? And I think that's important. Like when you um, decide to build a business, think about who you want to be and how you want to show up. Right. And, and what your message is. Mm. So where did the idea for the winning single mom come from? Let me tell you, <laughs> um, nobody wants to be a losing single mom. Let me tell you that none of us want to lose. And so, um, I actually used to call myself the single mom coach and I started coaching single moms, um, you know, when 
that didn't exist. We had just gotten into where there were life coaches. And I said, well, I don't want to life coach everybody. I could, I kind of always do. I'm a teacher, right? Always helping everybody out. But um, I realized that I wanted to focus on us because we were a unique demographic that really needed more support. And, you know, women would always come up to me and be like, how are your kids so well-behaved? And how are you so happy? And you're single, you know, married and single women. And I'd be like, um, you're not. And I'm like, what choice do I have? I might as well enjoy my life. So um, I actually, because I'm an entrepreneur on the side, right, while I was teaching, I would go to these business conferences. And um, one of my friends that I met there, he and I were on the phone one night. And we were talking about what I should call myself. He was like, a single mom coach isn't like, it doesn't pop enough. And so we were just running through names and he was like the winning single mom. And what's funny is this guy is a multimillionaire and he owns a couple of different brands and he's absolutely amazing, him and his wife. And um, I told him I was joking with him because he was building um, like water systems in Kenya or something he was building. And I said, you know what? I may not be able to pay you right now for that, but one day I'm going to buy one of the wheels on your G5 plane or whatever he would be talking about. And so now that he's made all this money, I was talking to him recently and I said, hey, I don't have to buy that wheel anymore. He said, yes, you do. (laughs) And so that's another thing. When you want to become an entrepreneur, you need to be in community. You need to do not go this path alone. And I will tell you this too, Dr. Will, and I know you know this since you're an entrepreneur. Sometimes your family doesn't get what it is that you do for the longest time. My family was like, why are you going back to school to get another degree? Don't you have a business degree? Why do you need a Spanish degree? Those same people today, when I go home, oh, come here, y'all. Girl, say something in Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, you're not going to know what I'm saying anyway. Oh, this is my daughter. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. She speaks Spanish. This is my mom who was like, what are you getting another degree for? And so you have to have within you a knowing. You have to know that it's going to work or at least that you're going to give it your 100%. And so go in community. Um, if people around you don't understand it, do it anyway. That's one of my phrases in the mom brand. That's the name of my first book, do it anyway. Mm. So I like to tell teachers the whole idea about being an entrepreneur is taking the experiences, the knowledge, your degrees, your understanding of curriculum and creating things and speaking, communicating, teaching, and turning that into a business. And mostly I tell an, an education-focused business because that's your background, that's your knowledge. Like I'm not saying, hey, you know, go open up a McDonald's, uh, which that could be lucrative too. Mm-hmm. But you went you went into education for a reason. And so let's lean into that reason to make the impact and the income. What talents and skills, experiences that you had as a teacher have translated well into your life as an entrepreneur? Wow. Listen, I've created a course. And let me tell y'all that course, Spanish for Black Girls, is comprehensive. And we have, you know, the world is going crazy now. Everybody's creating courses. And I'll talk to some folks and they'll be like, oh, girl, don't get it. It ain't that good. And I'm like, oh, really? You know, they'll be talking about somebody else. But because of our background in creating curriculum, knowing how to design, thinking about, oh, I love one of my favorite things is backwards design. I love to look at that thing from the end and then, you know, go back and walk my way back. And that's something that a lot of people don't process. I'm always thinking about my end user when I'm working with moms, when I'm putting on an event, I want I I think about how I want people to feel you know, from every little tidbit, right? From when they walk in, what are they hearing? And what are they going to experience? What's the transformation? And so, you know, being able to design curriculum, whether, you know, I ever had the title of curriculum designer, I've always been designing curriculum. Uh, The ability to teach, to get that point across, you know, think about the classroom. We're teaching 45 minutes, 50 minutes, 90 minutes, and we're going from beginning to end. We're controlling that classroom. We're keeping those students engaged. We're um, critiquing them, assessing them, giving them feedback, all of those skills I use with my clients today. And so also um, being able to work on the fly, whether we think we 
are doing that or not. I mean, literally, I was on Twitter one day last week and we were all, I think I put a post, maybe this is the post how we found each other. I think it is, right? And um, when I said, people have no idea how much we do, right? Zero idea how much, how much we do besides teach. And so I think that ability to problem solve, that ability to handle those situations that come up that are unexpected and still make sure to teach our students that content, those are all transferable skills. Um, the soft skills that we have when we are able to communicate properly with staff, with students, with parents, with folks in the community, you know, don't think that you don't have anything that the business world can use. And the fact that we are educators, the fact that we are teachers lets people know that, oh, we can learn something new because we've already invested in our education. Um, I think you have to be agile. Um, if you're wanting to be uh, an entrepreneur. And I don't think everybody in the world needs to be a full-time entrepreneur, but I do think we all need to develop some kind of side hustles because the days of us waiting on a, one source of a paycheck coming in are over. <laughs> so, so much that, that, that we do, I think is transferable. Um, when I look at just the speaking opportunities I've had, you know, um, I've been working on this for years. I've been going live and teaching in my groups and, you know, challenging myself, right? Developing the skill, going to additional training, right? Because depending on who my audience is, I'm not going to talk to them like I would talk to uh, an audience of teachers. I'm not going to talk to folks in corporate the way I would talk to an audience of teachers. I'm not going to talk to folks in corporate the way I would talk to an audience of single mothers. So um, being able to know who your end user is and tailor whatever your content is to them, I think is important. And we can do that because we've done it. If we had to, you know, help you know how, how they do us, we're all on these different projects, right? Um, I've been to um, different um, foreign language conferences when I was a teacher. And so one of the things we had to do was, okay, if we pay for you to go, come back and teach the other people in the department, you know, all over the district, come back and teach them. So I taught in English for the folks who were other kind of teachers and they didn't speak Spanish. And then I taught in Spanish to the Spanish teachers. And so that's a skill that I can take with me because what did I have to do? I had to, again, use that backwards design, right? I had to think about my end user. I had to think about the experience and I had to think about what were the most important pieces. And so I think, um, you know, life coaching is, is something that a lot of teachers can go into because we've really, honestly, y'all, we've been unpaid life coaches. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I've, I've life coached so many teenagers in my 17 years. Let me tell you, I've impacted, inspired, try to motivate so many young people. And, um, you know, those are things that I think that we don't think about that we can move into new industries with what we've already been doing as educators. Mm. So tell us about the work that you're doing and how do you teach your clients how to launch a business? So when I work with folks on launching businesses, I really work with single moms. I haven't opened it up to other people just yet. Um, one of the things that I realized is even if they don't want to launch full-fledged businesses, they need to, again, also know how to bring extra money in. And sometimes that's by buying one of my products where they learn how to do their budget. You know, they learn how to find money. That's one of the things I like to do is teach them how to really look at what's coming in. Um, and then, you know, I have a process, right? So, so again, I'm a business major. I've been in business and I've also invested in myself by going to masterminds with other entrepreneurs, um, folks who are in the online space, who I trust, who I've been listening to, cause you know, some people out here that's, you know, they're hot and they'll get your money and you didn't really learn anything. So you want to make sure you're doing your due diligence. And so I have a framework. Um, where I like to uh, listen to them. I let them talk and tell me what their hopes and goals and dreams are. And just like what I've done, right? Just like what I've done um, by listening to what I'm good at, what I desire, what I want, what the ultimate goal is and what I enjoy doing, I build a business around that. And so one of my clients is a single mom. She's an artist in Miami. And um, she had been in my space for like four or five years. She bought all the books. She was in my um, winning single mom's Facebook group. 
And one day she reached out to me and she said, how much is it to work with you for coaching? And I said, do you want to do relationship coaching or, you know, life coaching, business coaching? What do you need? And she was like, business. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I said, so tell me more about it. Cause I know she has a regular job. And she started telling me about how she's always wanted to do something with her art and how she went to art school, but then I think she got pregnant and she didn't get to finish. And when I tell y'all, she is the most amazing designer and artist. Her name is Lena. And if you, you know, if you're into art and journals and design, check her out on Instagram at Lena H Creative. We built her website for like literally from scratch everything. So um, I have a whole process that I take them through in about three months and three months you'll have who you are. Just like I was able to tell you, I'm the winning single mom. I help you manage motherhood, make more money and win at life. I help you figure out how to name yourself, what to call yourself. I help you come up with your products and your services. And um, we don't just leave you at that, right? Like we take you through all of that and there's work you got to do. So she has a job and she has kids and you got to meet with me. I'm going to set aside time on my schedule. And we're going to build this thing out. Right. And um, so while we were together, I made her um, <laughs> made, <laughs> um, you know, how we teachers are, we be a little bossy. So I was like, okay, this is what your products are going to be. This is your first thing. So um, her lead magnet, which is when you go to somebody's website, usually you put your email in, you get something back for free. Right. Um, since she's an artist and she loves creating journals, I had her create a seven day journal. When I said it is just beyond beautiful and gorgeous and it's digital, I was like, not in a million years could I create this. So you've got to create the content, right? The words and all of that, the flow, the design, we got to think through that. And I'm going to tell you, you know, God's just giving me a gift for that. And then um, you go and do the work. And then I'm going to help you do all the other pieces that come to that. So you got to have a website, you got to have emails, you got to have all this stuff, all these pieces, then you got to market it. <laughs> so don't think you're going to make it and they will come you have to market it. So literally we um, stopped working with each other. I think last year in October, like I still, like when I see stuff, I send it to her and I'd be like, do this, you know? And um, last uh, weekend I sent her something. I said, I'm going to stop sending you these messages because, because we're, we're not in a paid relationship, <laughs> but you know, when you care about your clients and you want people to succeed, I'm just like that. One of my Spanish clients, um, and I wouldn't, please, 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 let me say this, because I know y'all hear me talking about three different brands. These brands were all built at different times, okay? So um, my Spanish, one of my Spanish for small business clients is in Peru right now, and we've been texting each other back and forth in Spanish. She's, you know, on a trip down there visiting, and, and it's just so beautiful to see people use the language. Um, so let me tell you, the Winning Single Mom began as a blog in 2013, I started Spanish for small business in 2015. Okay. On the side, it wasn't even, a, it didn't even have a website. I was just teaching people. I tell them what I did, you know, I send them a contract invoice. Boom. We start working together. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. And um, I went to a retreat in Barbados in 2017. And one of my mentors was like, listen, it's time for you to like focus on this for real. This is, this is your million dollar business. This is your, this is the thing that's going to pop for you. Focus on it. He was like, I know you love single moms. Um, and he said, I know you love doing this. And this is your passion. He said, if you make a million dollars, you can coach all the single moms you want. And so um, I, I, you know, was like, I'm going to do both. Leave me alone, you know? And so then I started realizing that I did need to focus on building the Spanish brand out. So I kept on um, you know, helping women on the side, coaching my moms in my group, um, but not really verbalizing that I would help them build businesses. And then these two ladies, you know, they just, they just come and they just ask and I'll help them. Um, and then um, I had a client in Nigeria. I helped to build her brand. We did the whole thing, same thing. And she was just like, oh my God. And she was a, a minister. And she, she also wanted to speak to single moms in Nigeria. And we built her stuff out in three months. And she was just like, Kewanda, I just cannot, you know, I'm doing a horrible Nigerian accent, but, um, you know, those are the things that just, they bring me joy and I enjoy doing them. And notice that because I have a foundation, I have a process of what I take my clients through, I can help them. So I can work with a single mom today and then I can hop off a call with them and I can work with somebody who I'm teaching Spanish. Does that make sense? Because I've been doing the work. I do not recommend anybody else 
like try to do multiple things at once. Pick the thing that lights your heart up. Pick the thing that you're like, bam, this is going to make me money. I'm going to be able to help people and it's going to help me because, you know, um, I fought for a lot of years with raising my prices. Um, being a teacher, being a single mom, growing up poor in small town, Louisiana. But then I was like, wow, I'm giving away a master's in Spanish, you know, not a real master's, but I'm like, I'm giving away the ability to learn a language in three months with me one-on-one for not what it costs me to acquire this language. I've spent thousands upon thousands upon thousands and oh, Sally made for it. Um, and <laughs> study abroad. Um, I've spent those hours you know, getting that undergrad and getting my master's in three and a half years, I graduated. It was only me and another Hispanic lady. And all of the people in my grad program were Hispanic, except one white lady. And she wasn't a major um, and she was fussing. Um, no, no shade. There are plenty of people who are white and they can speak Spanish, but y'all get what I'm saying. It was me and mostly Hispanic folks. And I graduated in three and a half years and I was mad because I wanted it to be three. I was working full-time as a teacher. My boys were younger. When I started, they were eight and six. When I graduated, they were 11 and nine. And I pushed through to get it done um, because you know I was like, I don't wanna spend five years. All the other folks were like, we're gonna take one class a semester. And the black woman over here who's not Hispanic was taking three until I couldn't take three anymore. And so, you know, we're like that um, as, as, you know, Black folks, we believe in excellence and hard work. And, um, you know, I'm not calling them lazy. I'm just saying I was crazy. And if I had to do it over again, I would have listened to them because I was pushing it. But I'm, um, that's the stuff I've gone through to know what I know and to get to where I am, right? And so don't think that when you come into entrepreneurship, it's going to actually be totally easy all the time. You know what I mean? So be willing to put in that work. And you may find a niche where it is easy. You may be like, I'm just going to go into this and it's just smooth because you've already done the work. You're prepared. You've done the research. You know what your offer is. It can be easy too. It can be easy. Right. Um, but it has its ups and downs. Right. Mr. What would you say, Dr. Will? It has its ups and downs. Like the customers don't come every day unless we build them. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> well, please speak to the importance of developing a signature service or product and why entrepreneurs should actually develop a full program and not a series of one-offs? So the full program, and that's what I—that's what's been my temptation. Um, but I, I just haven't done a whole bunch of like one-offs um, because you want to be known in the market for what it is that you do, and that's why we have to have a signature program. So right now, the only thing you can do when you want to work with me is you have Spanish or small business. If you're a small business owner and you want to learn Spanish, uh, for those one-on-one, -on -one, I can come out and train teams. That's what that that's what that business does. If you're a black woman and you want to learn Spanish and community, you can work with me in the course plus community, which is what Spanish for black girls is. Or if you want to work one on one, we can do, you know, uh, I can help you out in Spanish for small business. So why have those signature? Why have one is the course and one is the one on one? Because people know how they can work with me. They know what the you know price point is going to be. Um, and they know that I have a proven process, right? So in the Spanish for Black Girls, I have a proven process. You get the self-paced modules and the coursework. We also work together weekly. I show up for them for live Q&A. It's supposed to just be question and answer, but because I'm a teacher, because I'm a Black woman, because I love for my students to learn, I also prepare, you know, some something to teach them every week that's awesome and amazing that's not in the course, right? So nobody wants to be taught the same things in the live that's also in the course or they won't do the course. And so just opening their you know, minds and expanding and challenging them, right? And so I think it's important that you know, one-off workshops are great. That's, that's good little money. Sometimes you need that to get your foot in the door. But when you start to develop a signature process, now you're building notoriety around who you are. And when people need a certain thing, they're like, oh, I'm gonna call Dr. Will for that. Right. Dr. Will can help. Like if there's a principal who cares about their staff and they're like, listen, the district isn't giving us bonuses. Let's see if we can get Dr. Will in here to talk about how to balance still. Um, and that's another thing I want to say. Um, I didn't slack on my job 
at all, not one time. Nobody can ever say that about me. Like I did my my work during my work hours. And when work was over, I worked on my business and I worked with my clients, right? If I had a lunch break and I needed to respond to email or talk to somebody or do some stuff, oh, you're going to catch me on my cell phone doing what I got to do on my break, okay? But during my business hours, doing for my jobs, I wasn't like not teaching. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to say that. Make sure we're taking care of business because we want to be honorable and we want God to bless, right? Um, and so I think it's important to have a signature program. If you're just getting started and you can't figure out what that is, there are people to help you with that. Um, if you get an opportunity to go speak and do the workshops and do them, we don't pass up good money. But then start thinking about how can I make sure that my clients actually you know, acquire the knowledge that I want them to have. Because sometimes that doesn't happen in a one-day workshop. And, and Dr. Will, I'm going to say this. If y'all uh, don't mind me talking so much, <laughs> I used to hate at the beginning of the school year when we'd have this great teacher work week and they, you know, bring in these great presenters and speakers and it would just feel so good. You know, when you're coming back in August, right? And you're excited for the new year. And you never have anything like that again. That's the, the biggest downfall, I think, um, in scheduling professional development. Because if we like somebody, if we really got something out of it, bring those people back. And then the, the, the thing that we hate the most is when we have to sit through things and we all look at each other and we say, wow, I could have been grading papers. Wow, I could have been preparing my next lesson plan. Like make sure it's memorable, make sure it's really good and make sure people get results. And so, um, you know, those are some of the things I would say. Now, you know, what I do is a little bit different, right? Because I have to hold space for moms. I have to take them through a process. A lot of that ends up being life coaching, right? And some parenting tips and just really holding space for them through a, a time period that we work together. Same thing with my Spanish clients. There's going to be some fear that comes up. There's going to be some, I can't do this for some people, right? Not for all, but just for some. So you want to think like, what's the timeline for people to really become successful when you're creating your signature thing? And, and, and we're not saying it has to be eight weeks. I've seen four week trainings, right? Two week things. So it's just up to you. Mm. So you're doing these things. Uh, you've also written some couple of books that you mm -hmm. self-published. Oh, what inspired you to do that? <laughs> so it's back to the fact that those two books and then a planner that I created for single moms are all for the single mom brand. So remember, I was blogging. And so that means I'm out here in the blogging world. You know, I, I got one foot in education, another foot in blogging. And I used to blog heavily. They're like almost 300 blog posts on my website. I'm telling you, I woke up one December day in 2013 and God was like, start a blog in my spirit. I started that blog that day. I figured out how to start a blog and I wrote the blog and I launched it. It was originally called Single Parenting is Hard. And then I was like, I don't want to just talk about how hard it is. I want to talk about how we can overcome. So that's how it became Single Parenting is Hard, Do It Anyway. And then it became the Do It Anyway blog. So my first book is called Do It Anyway, The Single Mom's Guide to Living Life and Achieving Her Goals. So that book came about because when you're blogging, you start thinking, oh, how can I monetize blogging like I love I'm helping people and I love that people are writing in from all over the world but how do I also make this a business because I I'm paying for this right and so um, I, I wrote the book because I knew that it was going to be helpful to women I also wanted to um, you know establish my authority as a single parenting expert right and so I did research and it took me about a year and a half to write that book and people just kept saying where's the book where's the book and I got tired of people asking me, where was the book? And I wrote that book in two weeks. So I had already started on it. I had many chapter drafts, many different ideas. And I sat down and I solidified, what are the things that I feel like if a single mom, you know, was new to single parenting, what would she need to do first? So I wrote the book in that way. And y'all, when I tell y'all, um, it's it's been purchased all over the world. Women love it. They're still buying it. I'm still selling it. And um I also, in the pandemic, one of the things that I did to take care of my family and earn extra money was I wrote an ebook called How to Write Your First Book in a Weekend. So that book, I finished it in two weeks. The second book is a devotional and I wrote it in a weekend. I wrote it in three days, a whole devotional. I was so proud of myself. Now I get them professionally edited. I purchase, you know, I get the book design. 
Um, you know, and in my ebook, I tell you, you know, where to go find designers, how to get editors, you know, um, social media marketing. I mean, it's, it's just a really good PDF. And I think I have it for like 25 bucks or 37 bucks. Y'all better grab it before I increase the price. Cause all my friends are like, you know, people are charging $5,000 to teach people how to write books. I said, I know. And I just gave it to them in a, in a PDF. So I literally did that in the pandemic because it was a pandemic. And I was like, um, if mom, and I really was marketing it to single moms, I said, listen, I'm going to teach y'all how to make money. I'm going to teach y'all how to take this ebook, take your knowledge, whatever you do. I don't care if you're an executive assistant at your job, you can teach somebody else how to be an executive assistant. You can teach them how to be a better executive assistant. You know, just whatever job you can name, somebody is looking for how to do it. And, um, you know, people bought that book, all kinds of folks, people with plenty of money, um, not men, you know, not just women, um, bought that, that ebook and the ebook made me a couple thousand dollars just like that. And I, I was selling it at first. I think I put it at $10 and everybody was like, if you don't stop, cause I was in that mindset of, let me just help people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and by helping people, it helped me, right. Help me pay my bills. And so, um, I later realized like, oh, wow, you were able to synthesize what you've learned and what, you know, and you wrote it in a system, in a systematic way for other people to grab that and be able to go write their books. And so you do not need to be giving that away, okay, when it took you years to know, right? Because um, I, I always do the most, Dr. Will. I didn't just say, here's how to write the book. Then I was like, oh, this is how you publish it. This is how you market it. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and fix that. That's too much. <laughs> keep, keep I gave away too much sauce. <laughs> keep, keep it. Keep so, it. Yeah, keep it in there. You know, provide the value uh, and they'll keep. They keep coming. Like someone, someone was asking, how with inflation, how does uh, Arizona tea still still keep selling for ninety nine cent? And that because they keep selling them. Yeah, they keep <laughs> selling them, and they probably built it in already. You know, they've built in, and and their people are working together and talking to each other about okay you know, what's our profit margin here? I mean, come on now, man, you can go in the kitchen right now and make some tea. We're going to end up, we can use a whole box of Lipton and how many gallons are we going to have? We're going to have at least what, 20, 25 gallons out of a hundred. I guarantee you what, 20, 20, let me see, hundred tea bags, maybe not, maybe not 25 gallons. Let's go down to 15. But so a box of tea costs us what, maybe $3. And we just made 15 gallons. Come on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they got that margin built in because they're making it at scale. Um, and then yes, if they keep buying them, then that helps. And that's what we need, right? So the thing about being an entrepreneur is you've got to figure out how to keep your money coming, right? And so let's talk about it. That's another reason why I have multiple things that you can buy from me. So I had the first book. Well, when a mom has the first book, she's like, okay, girl, what else you got? She might not be ready to come to coaching. Maybe she needs a workshop, right? I do. I did some workshops, transformational. Not all the moms that were in my group came to it, right? And so we have to, we have to know that we have to be marketers. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you also have to be able to tell people what it is that you do to solve their problems. Um, and if you aren't willing to do that, then do not become an entrepreneur. And I'm not being ugly. But I'm going to tell you all the things that I have. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, and that's, ma'am. Now, I had to grow to be that person. I had to grow into that. I wasn't always like this. But that's what it is, right? If we have something, and I'm going to tell you this. Yes, we like to make money. Um, yes, we want to take care of our families. But I think it's a disservice when I know I have your solution and I don't tell you anything about it. I think that's, I think that's wrong. So if you know you can help people, Tell them, tell them what you have to offer them. And then, then they can choose if they want to work with you or not. And it's okay if they don't. There's going to be somebody who does need what you have to offer, right? So if you come into this space, come into this thing and do it. All right, all right. Now, my wife is a native Spanish speaker. Ah, que bueno. Hablas español. Hablas español. No, not like that. No como tú, no. <laughs> que bueno. No, uh, no, nah, nah, my wife is uh my my span was pretty good when I lived in Boston because it was just an area where a city where Spanish mm-hmm. was spoken more of around me. And at and at the school I worked at, I mean I don't know, maybe 
60% of the kids mm-hmm. uh, came from Spanish speaking homes. And also I could go into a neighborhood in Boston and nobody would speak to me in English anyway. Wow. Uh, so, so it was, it was just a different experience, but yeah, after, you know, and we got married and we live in Mississippi now. Uh, so how did you move from Boston? I know Boston paid better. What made you want to move? You wanted to buy land, have peace and quiet. Well, I mean, you know, I'm originally from Mississippi. So when I went to Boston and I started working, it was a great city, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it, it was one of those, it's a city that with the right money, mm-hmm. I would move tomorrow. Yeah. Right? I, I enjoy that city, but I was, I was working there and it was just a situation to where, I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not quite feeling the situation like I, like I need to. And then I decided because of where I was, because because it, it, it was my first job out of college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to make any moves. I'm not going to become no director, no supervisor, no nothing without getting a master's degree. Mm. And so the wife and I were, you know, what I talked about, well, let's move back to Mississippi, you know, where I'm from, where we can actually go to school for cheaper mm-hmm. uh, for grad school. And we'll move to Chicago, where she's from, and ended up getting here. And we both got the degrees. We both started working. And then we were like, yeah, we're going to stay here because it's, oh. it's so cheap. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's so cheap, you know, comp- when you look at our, like, I know teachers don't make a lot of money anywhere, but here, if you have the, the two parent household, both yes. y'all working, you can buy nice. Yes. I know what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. You know, because if you, 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 I mean, your income don't have to be a ball. Like you can make 130,000 in Mississippi. And again, if you, Ain't out here with your credit cards extending yourself. And you, you are, right. you, you know, you can live well. Yeah. You know I'm saying you live well. Oh, um, oh, you're living high off the hog uh, with 130,000 in Mississippi if you're not doing the food. Yeah. Because I, 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 now I'm not sure about y'all's property, but I remember in Louisiana, that's when I did a chase, right? I worked at customer service for mortgages. And I was like, wow, when people call in from all over the country, it's more expensive property taxes than in Louisiana. And when they would talk about Louisiana, we, those things were like pennies on the dollar. I was like, oh, this is why people buy property here. So I imagine it's kind of maybe similar in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So y'all are probably going to start getting a boom if you hadn't gotten a boom and people I, moving there. I, I, well, I, I try to tell people on Twitter, for real. Uh, especially, mm-hmm. you know, their educators or someone who has a job that allows them to really move without a lot of issues with, in terms of finding another job. I said, come on. I said, come on. I said, you know, with the cost of living here, you know, what you are paying in rent somewhere. I mean, the house is ridiculous. Like even us, we paid, we were paying rent for eight fifty mm-hmm. for a two bedroom uh we now pay seven twenty. I think it's like about seven thirty nine, and that's with insurance and PMI and all that. I'm stuff going to into throw it. my phone for purchasing a home. I'm going to throw my phone, Doctor Will. Four bedroom, too bad. Come on, God. Listen, well, now you didn't put Mississippi <laughs> on my mind. <laughs> Well, and yeah. I bet the food is amazing. I bet the food is good. Y'all got that good seafood down there. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's awesome, you know. And we and let's say, and I tell you, you know, we don't live in the hood either. So it's 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 uh it, for me to leave here, mm-hmm. that job is gonna have to be like a one, like a job that I can never pass up, and the money gotta be like right, right. Because yes. you know, we're we're set up in a real in a real nice uh situation. Uh, but I brought up my, my wife being a native Spanish speaker because mm-hmm. you are all out here about teaching black women Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, t- t- come on now, you got to talk to us a little bit about it about this because you, you know, <laughs> there's one thing to say, Hey, I'm going to teach folks 
Spanish or I'm going to be a translator for a corporation or, or I'm going to translate documents for a hospital or whatever. But for you to say, okay, black women, we about to give you this Spanish. We about we to gonna... get it in, sisters. <laughs> yeah. So I, come on. What's the story behind that? So, you know, George Floyd. Right. Everything that's happening, we can name their names. Philando Castile, we can name everyone. We can name, you know, every every Black woman that's been, you know, harmed. And so it was the pandemic, right? We're all at home. We're all watching this stuff. We saw people out marching in the streets, you know, still pandemic. And um, all over the world and everybody's standing up. And I was just like, I'm so tired of us being done like this. And so I had been laboring, like, end of 2020, kind of what could I create and I was, I was already working on a course and I, I wanted to launch one called Spanish for Entrepreneurs. I already, I own that website. Don't even try it, kids. Don't, don't play with me and my attorneys, okay? So um, let, me, let me stop telling my business then because folks will do it. But anyway, um, I, was, I was originally going to do that. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm upset that this is happening to us. And I want to, how can I help Black women diversify themselves, make more money, what can I create? And so, of course, already I've been doing, you know, the mom brand and, you know, single women, married women would be like, why can't we come, you know, when I would host events and stuff. And so I was like, okay, this is going to be a brand that I can help all black women. Doesn't matter if you're a single mom, doesn't matter. Right. And so um, I was like, I want to help them get this language. If they can become bilingual, if they can speak Spanish, they can go when they go apply for jobs they're now competing against the person who happens to also speak Spanish or the person may not have Spanish. And that might be the deciding factor, right? This one, this one we can get more, because you know, companies are always looking at what can they get out of us? Me, I'm always a, a, a good hire. I'm a black woman, I'm bilingual, right? Um, and, you know, um, you know, master's level, they love me, right? They love to see me come in when I go to a school interview, right? I, all these years I was thinking because I was great, but they like, oh, you're checking all these boxes that we need for this equal, right? Um, and so I, that's what really pushed me. I was upset. I was tired of this happening to us. And I wanted to say, how can I help us? What can I do to help us level up? So it's funny, I was running an ad and um, some Black women were like, you said you wanted to help us and this is too expensive. And I was like, well, sweetie, I can't give you what I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and years to learn and know for free. And we're together for a year. And when we look at what university costs, this is this is nothing. And guess what? I'm giving you four semesters of Spanish in this course. So y'all go take these little classes. Y'all be on these abs. We go work with these native speakers and stuff over here. No shade to native speakers. But, you know, if you're not if they're not a teacher, then, you know, they're just going to be teaching you some stuff that they think is cool. It might not have nothing to do with your job. It might not help you level up in no way, but you didn't learn some phrases. And so I'm working with somebody who has a system and a process and it's going to take you from point A to point B. It's just what I recommend. But um, I have black women in the course right now who are diversity, equity and inclusion specialists, leadership coaches, women who own their own small businesses, um, some attorneys. I um, also have one on one attorney clients. I just finished with the immigration attorney client, black woman who's a boss in Atlanta and um, just an amazing human being. And we were just laughing and talking about how was she, she said when uh, one of her friends who's in my course and is also an intellectual property attorney, she was like, um, she said, oh, I have a referral for you. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and she's like, but she doesn't want to do the course. She wants to work one-on-one because she wants it tailored to law. And so um, we get on the phone and, you know, seal the deal. And she's like, you know, send me the invoice, send me the contract. And now that we've worked together, she's like, I didn't believe you. She said, I thought I just might be just spending my money. She said, I had no idea that I would learn this much Spanish and be able to do my entire process, you know, and be able to work with my clients and all of that. And so, you know, that's what it is. I don't want us hood, hoodwinked. I don't want us spending money all over the place. I'm like, just come, let's learn it. Let's get this language. I'm taking these women to Costa Rica this summer. We're going on an international excursion um, for eight days, seven nights. And, you know, that's that's what I can give them. I can give them what I know. You know what I mean? And so it was just about how can I help them level up? And, you know, if you feel like invested in yourself, then I'm going to help make sure you get the language. All right. All right. I got a re I came across an article. I'm going to send it. Send it. Send it to you. And it's about the 
African influence in Spanish language. Mm-hmm. There's a whole country in Africa, um, Equatorial Guinea. It's um, one of its main languages is Spanish. Mm-hmm. And the African influence on Spanish, us, yes. As a part, there's uh, in Mexico, uh, one of my clients was a change agent for an organization. She was doing her um, dissertation on los afrodescendientes in Mexico. So people of African descent in Mexico. And um, we worked together. She had to write letters to the Mexican embassy. And she was like, help me make sure this is saying the right thing. And um, that's when I found out, which I already knew from my studies in undergrad, but just really how there's this real population of Black people. Um, And then, you know, when we look at some of the statues, the noses and the faces, we're like, them people from Africa, what is this? Y'all, you know, look just like the African features. And so um, what they were doing is they weren't including them in the census. And that's what her work centers around. And she was like, they have this whole population, they're not counting, and they're not getting all the resources. So there's this whole government task force that's been assigned to you know, make sure that they like tally and account for people who are African descendants in Mexico. So I thought that was really cool. So yes, send me the article. I'd love to, I'd love to read it. And then I'm going to also send it to her. Because like I said, even if we're not current clients, when I see stuff that affects my clients, I send it to them. Awesome. Awesome. So before we go, because this has been an awesome time with you this evening. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, how does an educator begin to develop an entrepreneurial mindset about them because so many people, because when I first started this podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, there were people just knocking me for it because they were like, well, you talking about selling this. I'm an educator. I didn't come in this thing for money. Why is someone charging for a lesson plan? I give a lesson plan away from free. And I tell them because I created it. Yeah. If I want to, you know, you don't go to Apple and ask for nothing for free for them. Walmart uh, either. You know, so <laughs> this whole idea of, and it took me years to sort of build credibility in this space, but now educators know what the deal is when my name come up. But for those educators who are still stuck on, quote unquote, I'm only a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to work for 25 30 years and then i'm going home and i'm not a and i don't tell anybody on my show that they need to quit their job i'm always about creating a side hustle staying in the classroom and if you leave that's your own personal choice but my whole thing is create the side hustle because i believe in the multiple streams but for those who educators are they're just stuck on the employee mindset of right i'm just going to work for this school district i'm going to work for this university uh i don't and that's what I see my life as. And if they need extra coin, they go get a second job at JCPenney's or Barnes and Nobles and don't think about, you know what, I could actually create something for myself and make more money. So how do they develop the entrepreneurial vision or mindset for themselves? Wow, that's a lot to unpack. I would say that a lot is going on there. And for that person who just wants to work their 25 years, get their check and go home, I think that's great. I'm going to speak to the people who are like me and they were like, this is not enough. Okay, my first school that I moved to was a great school when I left Louisiana, came to Texas. It was amazing. Great people, but the pay wasn't enough. And I was a young single mom with two children. And so um, when I moved from there, and they did the best they could to keep me and, you know, worked with me. I stayed there three years. Amazing, great folks. My next school I went to, they paid me more money. Even while I was there, like you said, I'm in Texas, that cost of living went up. It was crazy. It was right around the time we had the market crash, right? 2008. So I moved to that school in 09. And so gas was crazy. Everything was high, right? So I was like, wow, this $7,000 upgrade is kind of getting sucked up with this new rent that's double from where I was in East Texas to over here closer to Dallas. And so all of that extra money I was making was being, you know, eaten up. So I actually, I don't know if it was that year or the next year, but I took a little part-time job and I was like, bro, these little girls up in this store were treating me like crap. I was older. Um, They saw on my application that I made more money than them. And they were like, why do you need a part-time job? 
You know what I mean? And so they were trying to make me do all the work in the store and it was time to close up. And I was like, bro, like, listen, I don't even know what I was making. I was working at like one of my favorite little clothing stores. And I was like, I got to be able to find a different way, you know, than this. So I started tutoring on the side and I was like, wow, I could just go tutor people um tutoring you know high school students and middle school students I would you know drive for an hour 30 minutes wherever I needed to meet you know not that far I don't think at that time take my kids with me we meet in the library my kids go over here and play I go over and tutor my students y'all read some books okay and then I'm a tutor them and we done her mama give me a check or send me a cash app or whatever we had back then mm-hmm. and we were Gucci so I was making money on the side tutoring and so you know you start realizing that um it's not enough And if you're like me and you start hitting some bumpy roads, one of my kids broke his elbow, big old medical bills, right? Another one broke his ankle playing football, right? Both of them football related. And this is at different times. And so you start saying, okay, how can I help myself? And what skills do I have? And so remember, I'm writing the books about this time. I'm still a Spanish teacher by day. I'm tutoring, you know, um, when people online found out, when my online entrepreneur friends found out that I spoke Spanish, they were like, what? So people started saying, can you teach me Spanish? That's really how it all began. So to answer your question, I would say, if you are Gucci, don't worry about it. But if you have a need, you want to start looking at ways that you can use the skills, the gifts, the talents. I'm going to use a Bible um, analogy real quick. When the prophet came to the lady who was about to eat her little cake and die, her and her two sons, because she was her, her husband had passed away. She had no money. The debtors were coming. All of this. The prophet said, um, listen, before you do any of that, you know, won't you cook me something to eat? And the lady had great faith to give this man the last little bit that she had. Right. And what did she use? What did he ask her for? He said, what do you have in your house? So I want to my last little note to all of you. To, to start developing that entrepreneurial mindset is to, to sit down and do an inventory of what skills and abilities and things people are always asking you to do for free. Like Dr. Will said, you'll give away your lesson plan. It doesn't make you less of a teacher to give somebody your lesson plan. If you don't give it to them, they're going to go on Teachers Pay Teachers because I have to, <laughs> Dr. Will. <laughs> Many a day, you understand? Many a day. And y'all better believe I got a whole Spanish lesson plan uh, website concept coming. Y'all think it's a game? It's not a game. It's not a game, Dr. Will. <laughs> so point to the story. Point to the story is, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your house? And if you have needs right now that the full-time job isn't doing, start start um, dibbling and dabbling with how you can take what you know how to do and help somebody else. One of the easiest things to do is to start tutoring, right? Yeah. All right. That's all right. That's all right. Okay, Wanda, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode is going to be on the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Audible. I need you to subscribe and share with your network. And though I am on all major podcast platforms, I'm trying to grow on Apple Podcasts. So I need you to not only subscribe, but listen, people. All right. And give me a rating and a review because I'm trying to be found and I'm trying to get Oprah on the show and I want her to know that we're doing big things. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, K1 The Lamb, for coming on and dropping so many gems. And for you for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show, the Mobile University of Entrepreneurs. As always, people, invest in you. EDU, peace.